So if you will, this morning, um, turn back with me to Matthew chapter 18. Um, If you weren't with us last week, uh, we've started a new section in the systematic theology study. Um, Particularly, we're looking here at uh, church discipline. Um, If you were to be looking for where this would show up in the systematic theology book, this is going to be under the the church power um, section uh, of of the text uh, or of the systematic systematic theology book. And um, this is one of those areas in that particular chapter that I thought um, was worth highlighting in and of itself um, because I do think that it's an area that we struggle with individually and as well as a church. And, and I'm not just talking about Mount Carmel here. I'm talking about the church at large, right? Like this is an area that um, if we look closely um, at the way that churches operate, we tend, to, we tend to, to be, this is an area that we fall short in for sure. Um, so last week we started looking at Matthew chapter 18, um, looking specifically at verses 15 through 17, Um, and I pointed out last week that that although we're talking about church discipline as a whole, uh, I wanted to focus last week on on kind of this first stage, and we're going to begin today kind of looking at how Scripture instructs us to escalate after stage one, but just a reminder, a refresher as we read uh, Matthew chapter 18, verse 15 here. Uh, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Uh, if he listens to you, you have gained a brother. So I just want to remind us again that as we consider church discipline in general, we don't start with the body of believers as a whole, we start with the one-on-ones, right? So when we consider this, the purpose and the application of uh, church discipline, I, I want to remind us that um, purpose always for re- restoration and reconciliation. Uh, another purpose for church discipline is to keep sin from spreading amongst members of the church by one member seeing another member sin openly and um, nothing be done. And then this encouraging us that perhaps I could get away with my own sin. Um, another reason, another purpose for church discipline is to protect the church at large as well as honor uh, Christ because Christ is honored um, through his through his bride um, in a very a very special way like like the world knows that the truth of Christ's coming by the church's relationship amongst uh, those who claim to be believers. So as we look towards the application, and we're going to dig more into this today, um, we start with the smallest group that's possible, and then we escalate according with the scriptures until resolution uh, is found. And as we'll see today, um, resolution could be um, not dealing with that person as a member of that church, right? Um, so that's uh, that's that's ultimately what we don't desire, but a potential outcome um, that could result 
if, if an individual continues um, to be unrepentant of their sin as it kind of walks through these uh, levels of, of escalation here. Um, we're going to look at as well another point of application here is that leaders um, are treated differently. Here, leaders are held to a higher standard in this regard, and leaders are rebuked openly before the church. We'll see that um, in 1 Timothy chapter 5 when we get there. Um, And then kind of fourth point of application, uh, when when a person does come to repentance, like if no matter at what stage of of this... uh, like stages of escalation that we find ourselves here, when someone truly comes to repent, um, we, we ought to be seek, seek quickly to restore fellowship with that person and continue the work of reconciliation. So this is not one of those things where um, a person truly comes to repentance and then the church ices them for like a period of years or something, right? Like we're seeking reconciliation, we're seeking restoration, and when repentance comes for that sin, we should, as a body of believers, um, seek to just draw close to that person and and I would go on to say like that the the that seeking to restore fellowship will likely find itself um looking different according to what stage it happens in. If you find yourself in kind of that stage one that we looked at last week where you were the one going to the one um who had offended and they listen to you and they repent um, then it's not like you now come to the church and the church needs some type of restoration of fellowship with this individual. That In that moment, that occurred, right? Um, so then as we kind of step through these stages, I would, I would go so far as to say is that like this, uh, this repentance and restoration of fellowship is going to happen at that level, right? Um, we, we shouldn't be like, now that we, you've had repentance, we're going to run it up the chain to the entire church knows your sin type of thing. Um, so keep that in mind as well as we kind of think through this. So uh, verse 15 again, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, verse 16, so what happens now, okay? Like as we think through this, what's the next step? You go to this individual, you you bring this complaint to them of some offense, and, and what there's a couple of ways that, that you could get responses. You hope that the response that you get is repentance. What if you find that it's not repentance? What if this person says, I don't think that I did anything wrong here? Okay. Now, the reality is, is that a lot of times when we think about this, we think about this as I come to you and I think that you've sinned against me or, or you think that I've sinned against you and I'm right in coming to you. Now, there's a reality that I might not be in the Word and something offended me that was not a sin on your part. Right? How, do we come, how do we come to that conclusion? Okay, That both you were in sin and now you won't repent, as well as I thought you were in sin, but I'm wrong, gets handled at this next level of escalation, right? Because at this point, I'm I'm genuinely seeking to follow the Scripture, so I go to this individual and, and either 
they don't believe that what they've done is sinful or um, they are just openly unrepentant about it. So I go and I find witnesses to come back with me. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. Okay, so now at this next stage, this is like the, the you've, you've gone to this person individually. It wasn't resolved there. The next thing that you do Okay, and this is, again, like we need to be careful here. This is, like, this is the stage at which um, I think most often if we were to consider, if, if a person was following this um, up to this point, this is the stage where it's most likely that the wheels will fall off um, for the one who was offended. Because this is the stage at which they're going to feel most justified about spreading gossip about that individual. Right? This is the point. Like, you are clearly in open sin amongst the church, and now I'm going to let everyone know, right? That's, that's the way that it typically goes wrong here. So you don't bring two or three people back. You don't get any resolution at all. You just go and you spread rumors about this individual, and Lord help us if you were the one that, were, that was wrong in this, and now you feel foolish because the thing that you thought was a sin comes out that it wasn't sinful at all. And now you look like a foolish gossiper in front of all these people that you've tried to blast this person in front of. Um, so the, the second thing that we do here is we find some witnesses, some practical advice here. Um, if you find yourself at stage two, okay? Um, I would encourage you to find witnesses, these one, two, three witnesses that are trustworthy. Not friends per se, but trustworthy, okay? People that the body of believers that you share life with trust that you trust and 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 this is where i say like not necessarily friends at where i'm saying like this person's got my back on this right but but maybe maybe one of the individuals does this is kind of like use your use your like god given like mind to consider these things. I'm just giving you food for thought here. Perhaps a friend, perhaps like a close friend, perhaps a friend of the person that offended you. Right? Like perhaps a, a couple, right? So that when you go together that you're not just trying to hear your side be played out and bringing with you people that are just going to agree with you in this thing, right? But perhaps in going to this individual with people that they trust, people that you trust, that in doing that, that person, if they are at fault, are more open to hear it from now people that they trust and listen to as well as if, it's, if they do not feel as though it's simply you trying to gang up on them with a bunch of people who are closer to you perhaps than them, 
that you will be more open to hear, that they will be more open to hear, and that ultimately you can work towards reconciliation, right? That's at that stage when you're having to, okay, so this person did not repent. You should be considering to yourself a couple of different thoughts. Like, as you're like working through this practically in that moment, um, I think the Holy Spirit's going to be working in you. You should be considering your heart, your mind in all of this because in these types of like interactions, there is a sanctification that takes place in both parties. Right? There's a humility that has to come into play. Like ultimately, if restoration comes at stage two, then both of like everyone involved in this are now aware if it's followed in accordance with the scripture that stage one was unsuccessful, that it's had to escalate to this. And everyone at this point should be working with all of their might and all prayerfulness. Deep in the scriptures, that it is resolved here. Because, and this this may not be one meeting, right? I'm not saying that like you meet together that one time, and if it's not resolved, well, now it's going to the church, right? But this should be one completed interaction. Right, like if you get together and there's and there's no res- resolution, no restoration, and and the group has come together and everyone agrees in that conversation, or the majority agrees, or or you just get a prayerful feeling about like, okay, we're going to need more time to pray and study on this. We're going to get together. This is not us overlooking it. This is not us like saying that we're not going to resolve this. This is us realizing that we are humans that. We we fail, that we fall short in our understandings and in our abilities and understanding that the Word of God does not. And that we need to fall closer into, in line with it so that we can understand this situation. And then we're going to come back together and we're going to find some resolution. Right? Like, like ultimately seeking for restoration should be the heart of this right this is not to embarrass this individual this is not to like um bring this individual to a point to where they feel like they must now leave this body of believers and find another place there's the the purpose in this is restoration of that person you're trying to restore this person you're doing it for this person's good for the good of the body of believers for the good of the church Right? But if he does not listen, verse 16, but if he does not listen, take two, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established. So at this point that you're bringing together this group, you're going to be establishing, like, what was the offense? What is the issue that we're trying to resolve here? Another practical point of advice here is that in this situation, this is not a good time, and y'all know how we do, um, where it's like, now I'm just going to air every complaint that I've ever had with this individual and just get it out on the table, 
right? None of you have ever had a conversation like that. I bet everyone that's married in here, you've never had a conversation where it's like, I thought that we were trying to figure out where we were going to eat dinner, and now we're talking about 10 years ago, some offense, 43 years ago. Like, how did, like, my, my inability to pick, a, to pick a dinner spot 43 years ago is going to come back up, right? Y'all know how we do, right? <laughs> Dad's not in here, so you can say whatever you want, Mom. <laughs> and then someone's going to point him to the podcast, and, and then we're going to have to see this play out in real time. <laughs> so this is not an opportunity now that you've got a group together to begin airing out all of these issues that have ever offended you. Over. What are the charges? What 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 is the sin that has been brought forward here that is work like because you have to understand it at this stage if we are if we are going to be faithful to scripture there are two potential outcomes that you find at this stage okay resolution restoration reconciliation Or now we're getting to the final stage, right? Like, if we can't resolve this here amongst these people who are trusted within the church or trusted by the individuals that are involved in this dispute, if the charges are laid out and wisely so, it turns out that this person is in sin. Right, The charges are established and repentance in stage one ought to have occurred and it did not. And now we find ourselves, the, the things are escalating and we find ourselves here where we've got a group of individuals together. The charges have been brought forward, um, uh, considered overtaxed. This is sin. This is deserving of repentance. And they, this individual is then called to repentance and they do not repent. What next? What next? It's tough. It's tough. Um, so at this point, there's been so much refining that's been going on, right? Yes. I mean, at the very beginning, you've got, and this is what we skim over, I think, so quickly, is the definition of sin. And the refining that happens within the person who has been offended against being able to wrestle with the fact that they say, this is sin, or this is sin on my part, right? Yeah. Such refining goes on there. And then you can have those conversations. And then it, sin yeah. is defined clearly within the community. Yeah. And, and, and also, during this, how do we, how do we identify that sin is present right like what is the what's the mode of operation when you get together in stage one right is it like we've done this forever and there, therefore your deviation from it is sin is it a tradition that's been established God's word is the mechanism by which you establish the offense okay so as you approach this stage one 
If you are approaching this individual and you have not been in much prayer and in God's Word, then you should be. You should be. Because as you as you start down this road, there there is potential repercussions that are going to be potentially difficult yet healthy for the church. And then there are ways that this plays out, and unfortunately, more often than not, than not, it it ends up that we fail to abide by scripture, and it goes sideways quickly. Yeah. A lot, like you said, refining goes on right there in stage one. And like as you call out sin in someone else, you see the sin in yourself. Because when you go to scripture, the Holy Spirit begins to speak to you about things in your own life that are the same. But that still doesn't mean that we don't follow through. And I think that's what happens sometimes. We think, well, I've sinned in that area. Yeah. So maybe I shouldn't call it out. So I guess... To me, it, it's like a, that's what community is. It's like, I can say to that person, like, I have, I've realized I've failed. So I'm coming to you and saying, forgive me, because I've done this. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. There's, there's not a, there, there are times, there are, there are more egregious offenses. Yeah, um, that's true. There are more egregious offenses. I, I won't list those off. Because I think that we know what they tend to be. Um, yes, yeah, like things that really <coughs> another Yes, yes. There, there are, there are. It's a whole different. Yeah. Um, and like uh, an, another thing that I'll say here as well is that that we're speaking in no regards here to um, like justice that's legal justice that's right for the for like. There might be times that a person's spirit might be reconciled, and yet um, their offense is jailworthy, right? Like that. Like 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 we're speaking we're speaking here to to ultimately working towards a reconciliation for that person's soul. Um, if if the offense were to be the type of offense that is worthy of um, um, like outside of the church legal. Um, operations, criminal, uh, like criminal offense, um, the church is not like, it is not the church's place to, to like, like you are therefore forgiven and, and we are going to, right, like, yeah, like that's, that's not, that's not the place of, that's not, yeah, um, so like you, you don't, if you, uh, there, Yeah. Who are victims, right? Yeah. That is the call of a believer. Yeah. Yes. You know. So. Yeah. So. Yes, amen. Yeah. So there will there will be there will be times where spiritual re- restoration um, comes alongside um, some some type of criminal. Um, Proceedings, right? Where a person can be spiritually restored and yet 
in that, in that restoration and reconciliation, there's an understanding of the consequences of sin and the fact that, like, um, yes, in Christ, all offenses are forgiven when we repent. Um, but the consequences that we face on this side, um, there, there are real consequences that can follow a person all of their, all of their days. And that person be restored to Christ um, and yet, um, ultimately, um, that individual could find themselves waiting for that, um, that final restoration in the resurrection, um, where, um, on that day we will, <clears throat> with all offenses that we've committed and all the offenses that have been committed against us, our heart will have no space for anger or hatred because when we see the one who um, who with the joy set before him uh, walked that hill um, and was raised on that tree <coughs> we will we will not in that moment be thinking about all of those people who did us great offense um, and that's that's the work that he ultimately is working with within us as well. Um, Have you ever seen this done well, like practically speaking? Um, you have. I really have a great story of this because I had not seen this happen until like my late twenties, and I've grown up in the church my whole life, and I've been taught this, but I've never like seen it worked out. But basically, we were in our church in Birmingham, and I have no idea what the offense was, what happened. I just know that they had gone through all of these stages, met with him one-on-one, met with him like as a group of men, and then whatever was decided, there was no repentance, and so then they brought it before the whole church, and I had never seen this done before, but like pretty much just told us that he was not repentant, um, and Basically, we took him off of our roster. He was yeah. no longer a member of our church. And I just remember thinking, like, oh, my goodness, like, this is insane. Like, I've never actually seen this. But hope was that right before we left to come back or to come to Jasper, at another meeting, he was reinstated because there had been repentance. Yeah, and I think, like, through. and men in the church, I mean, they hadn't, like, completely cut him off. They were still friends with him, but there was this, like, it's not the same. We do not condone what you're doing, and there was this big action. But before we left, I mean, it was a year. It wasn't, like, a short, a couple yeah. of weeks, and then he came back. But it was, like, a year of them, like, wrestling through whatever it was with him until he reached the point and the Holy Spirit got a hold of him and he repented and came back to the church. Yeah, and so I've never seen that. Like yeah. I've never seen really any of that. Yeah, I think a, lo- I think a lot of times the, fail- the failings of the church overshadow, even for, even for us who are the church, the failings of the church oftentimes overshadow in our memory the successes of the church. Um, I know I know of cases that have gone both ways um, in regards to like 
the individual at the end at the end of all the escalation, the individual ultimately being like unchurched. I, I, I know of I know I know of I know of those I know of individual like I I hesitate to like give too many de- no, no, too many no. details but I know of individuals who have like who the criminal aspect has um, like like that the, the, the like that you that restoration as well as consequences of actions, like I've seen that play out as well. Um, we, 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 this is, this is a, the reason that, it, that I ask you to pray f- for me in this is because this is one of those matters that like, it matters that we do this well. And this is also an area that's hard to speak about. Right, because we know, like we know, pl- times that we ourselves have failed and fallen short, and if what if what if that was me in there, right? Like, what if it was my shame that was being brought to bear, right? What What is so encouraging is like what you just told them. After going through every bit of each one of the stages, and each one of the times being denied or saying that yeah. they're not going going to. I think that's I think that's important. Like one of the one of the like hesitations, and I, I think one of the reasons that oftentimes the church fails in this is a, is a lack of trust in the one who told us exactly what to do, right? Because the final the final stage of like disassociation from the body of believers is harsh. It's intentionally harsh. And it's ultimately God's inst- like God's instruction towards us because He is wise in knowing what leads His people to repentance. Right? I think if this were conversation, then it would be because you said like three things. We went through a scenario where we were the um, two witnesses, yeah, the couple, and there were three things that you said throughout this whole process. And I'm like, if we just would have done that, yeah, if we just would have done this, if we like then this person would not have like fled from the church altogether yeah. and I just think there's like this has to be conversation. I, yeah, and I think like like so we get we get a general outline of the stages. And I do believe now w- within that we have like our, w- there's an a, there's an element of Christian liberty in handling these things, but t- this is not 
a liberty where we say, I'm going to take the Bible and set it here, and I'm going to take the way that I think I should handle this situation at stage one, stage two, or stage three, and I'm going to do it. And then when we're done, we'll call it repentance, and, and we'll get back. Like, every stage of this must be done with the Scriptures in hand for all involved. And, and when we get to the, we're, we won't get there today, but when we get to like this next level where it's being brought before the church, this is not a like, we're shaming you now, but th- we are bringing this before the church. At this point, like at the point that it's brought before the church, charges have been established by evidence of two or three witnesses. Right? So the charges are clear. The charges are brought before the church. I, I would pray that. Uh, and this is why I say like, like one practical aspect of this is bring, bring along with you those who are establishing these charges, um, individuals who um, you trust and, and you trust in the word specifically. Because when you bring charges before the church, you would hope that you are bringing forward correct charges. So let's, let's imagine a situation in which you find yourself offended. You have not spent any time in the words. You go to that individual, and that individual doesn't repent. And let's say that, that they don't repent because what you have brought to them is something that is not sin that they are not called to repent of. And then you go and you get your buddies because they will agree with you. And you come to them with your buddies who will agree with you. And you all bring forward charges that are not sin. And then you bring it forward to the church. If you find yourself in a church where there are men and women there at the church level, who cannot point out that this was not sin, then the church has bigger problems. Um, but at that point that you bring forward charges, you, you ought to know then that those charges will be evaluated by the Scriptures. And like you could find yourself there embarrassed yourself because you never spent a moment in God's Word and you were just offended yeah. over something that was of no offense. Maybe why you don't see this happen so much and why people are so afraid of it. Yeah. They're not. Like, I know, I'm, I'm like, you know, I, I'm the least person to say, yeah. like, I know everything about this situation or I know everything yeah. about this topic. And so, I think that's a lot of times maybe why people are scared and things kind of get brushed under the rug and brushed under the rug. And I mean, you look at yeah. That's how we've gotten to where we are because people were scared themselves yeah. to offend somebody or say, you know, yeah. you're wrong in this. Because I'm like, well, maybe not. I could be wrong. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to get embarrassed in front of somebody and yeah. Here's here's what I here's what I will here's what I will say as well because um, you're speaking to a, a very specific type of fear um, and I would say that um, if we, there ought to be a reverence that each of us has in the fact that we are humans and we are faulty and we make mistakes. There is a 
complete difference between someone disregarding the Word of God altogether to bring charges and then those charges get into stage three before the church. And it's embarrassing that you've never spent a minute in God's Word. Okay, that is completely different, and and this is one of those where, like, in a practical way, you would you would you would those who are in God's word would see immediately the spirit and heart of an individual because failing to be extremely proficient at dividing God's word is not the same as disregarding it altogether, right? Maybe that's why it says, you know, divide the word. Yeah. That we would not be ashamed. Yeah. Workmen that will not be ashamed. And I, I never really thought about that shame being that, that we might apply it wrong in, yeah. in our own lives and others' lives. And, and there's, that would be a very there's, a real, there's a real chance that we apply things incorrectly, which is why it's important for us to be in it, right? Like, that's like through all the stages, we should be considering, like, there are clear cut cases. We know the clear-cut cases, right? There are cases where it's like, obviously. But then there are those that are less obvious, right? To where you need to be in God's Word for yourself, for the person that you're trying to assist by pointing out this offense, because ultimately you're seeking to restore that person, or ultimately you're seeking to like preserve that person's fellowship with the body of believers, right? So like... Be in God's Word. You cannot, this cannot be done rightly simply by saying, here's step one, here's step two, here's step three. I'm going to blast all the way through it until this person either repents or is not a part of the body of believers here, right? Like every step along the way must be full, like filled with prayerful consideration of God's Word, of that member of the body ultimately seeking for restoration. And we'll get, next week we'll get into um, as, as we escalate beyond um, the, the two or three witnesses and um, get, to the, get to the church, we'll, we'll discuss that more. We'll discuss, like, again, like it says, tell it to the church. Um, and then in that, there's going to be the question, well, how? Do I just, like, stand up in there today? What if you're in the class and you've heard this and, and now you're, you've passed, you feel like you're past this second stage and now you need to go... Before the, the, you just stand up in there, what's the approach to that? We'll talk next week. Kind of some practical, just practical considerations to take um, into account there as you kind of move, as, as this kind of moves up this chain of, of escalation. Let me, let me close this out in prayer and then we'll dismiss.